This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 17th, 2017 edition of On the Daily. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at Heath K, my podcast partner in crime. He's back. It's none other than Nick Giffen. You probably better know him as Rotodoc. Um, yeah, Nick, it's been a while, man. Anthony's been filling in for us, really bringing the this the hottest take. He he really smashed last week in some of some of his predictions. But uh, yeah, how, how are things been going with you? And what do you think about this this week we have coming up? Yeah, uh, first of all, I'm glad to be back, and uh, the show was awesome last week. Uh, yeah, this this past weekend was kind of frustrating for me i had a ton of Devonte freeman love a good deal sail into the season at banana republic factory's mega labor day sale entire store 50 to 70 percent off dresses from 1999 polos from 1699 find your nearest store or shop online only at banana republic factory and uh going into the afternoon games i was crushing i was up five figures um, and all I needed was decent games, basically from Sterling Shepard and Devontae Freeman. I got the great game from Shepard, and unfortunately, Devontae Freeman got concussed on like the second or third play of the game for Atlanta. Uh, had I gotten even, I calculated eight points from him, I would have had a, a five figure profit day. Instead, it was only a couple hundred bucks profit. So, them's the breaks, but uh, it could have been a huge day. Um, but yeah, as far as this weekend goes, this slate, it, yeah, you're right. It's kind of a, a mess of a slate. A lot of backup quarterbacks or a lot of quarterbacks who are struggling like Eli Manning, Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty gross week. So I think we could see some condensed ownership at the quarterback position, but, uh, I think there's a couple interesting plays we could talk about maybe as contrarian plays as we go, uh, along in the show. Yeah, certainly. And I think it's some of those spots to where I think we're going to be talk- bringing up some names that we think are, you know, just going kind of an, in, you know, can't miss spots, but maybe kind of ways to really leverage against the field, you know, against for utilizing guys that really aren't all that prone to scoring a lot of fantasy points. So, so yeah, let's get right into everything. But before we do, I want to remind everyone you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium nfl content and it also supports the pod all right let's get into it beginning with the wide receiver position nick um wide receiver is a little weird this week i have a lot of value plays written down however um i got some guys at the top i'm kind of interested in but none that are really super solid plays so i'm you know as odd as it sounds i'm 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 much more liking guys like um, Bruce Ellington than I am looking at the top for, you know, guys who are typically over 7K, 8K. So, so yeah, who do you like at the uh, the wide receiver position for, for cash this week? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some some good plays, and I'm going to just go right back to the Sterling Shepard well. The New York Giants are just so banged up uh, with missing Odell Beckham. Um, you know, missing Brandon Marshall, that really it's the Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram show. And once again, Shepard gets a nice matchup. Uh, you know, he, he had a great matchup last week against San Francisco in the slot there. And he gets uh, Kansas City. It looks like at this point in time, Steven Nelson's going to be lined up in the slot. He's only played a handful of 
of snaps this year. So um, I think Sterling Shepard can, can take advantage of that. And you're just getting a ton of volume with Sterling Shepard anyway, uh, just because of, of what's happened there in New York. I mean, he got 13 targets this past week and he got nine against the Rams in what was a little bit more of a difficult matchup for him. But uh, I still think that volume is there at 6,300. Can't really pass that up. Uh, I just think Sterling Shepard is a is a go-to guy this weekend for for me for cash games. Um, there's a, a lot of good plays, though. Uh, another one I've been looking at is um, maybe Jarvis Landry for Miami there. I mean, we know how much volume he gets as well. And Tampa Bay, another good matchup. If you go back and look at his game log, uh, just his past... Uh, you know, six games, it's been 10, 7, 12, 11, 14, and 10 targets. And then you can even go back further to the beginning of this year, 7, 11, 15. So, I mean, out of all of his games this year, his floor has been seven targets. Uh, and he's still priced kind of in that same price range, actually, as uh, starting Shepard. He's 6,400 versus Shepard, 6,300. I think a lot of people will be on Tyreek Hill, but I like him more in GPPs than I like him in cash games. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, boomer bust potential with him and uh you know he does make a good correlation play with a guy like Sterling Shepard if you wanted to go Evan Ingram more talking GPPs but I feel more comfortable using him maybe in a, a GPP format than a cash game format this week just because he's priced up at $7,100 you talk about that that expensive tier it is a little bit difficult uh and then I kind of like sticking with his middle tier. Uh, Stefan Diggs, only $6,700. Hopefully, he'll be more healthy. Hopefully, he'll start to see more targets. So, he could be more of a GPP play, but uh, I just have a feeling with him getting healthier and healthier, he'll start to be uh, more involved like he was at the beginning of the year than kind of he has been the past few weeks. I also think Thielen has a little bit tougher matchup this week. And Stefan Diggs was seeing a lot of Trumaine Johnson, who's uh, really struggled this year, which I think is interesting compared to last year where uh, you know, Johnson was just um, a stud. So it's it's pretty interesting to see what's happened there with Tremaine Johnson. You mentioned Ellington. He was another name I was, I was looking at, of course, with uh, Will Fuller expected to be sidelined. So... Um, you know, there's some value, but, uh, as far as like you mentioned top of the show or at the top of the, uh, wide receiver segment here, it is kind of a weird week. Um, I, I think you could make cases obviously for both Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, who are both priced 6,000 and less going against New England, who has a lot of, lot of, you know, yards in the past game. So, uh, plenty of ways to go and cash this week, I think at the, uh, the wide receiver position, but I kind of just like, Going with a whole bunch of safety uh, in in those target numbers and targeting guys like, uh, like I said, Jar- Jarvis Landry, Sterling Shepard, and, and one other name I didn't mention was Marquise Lee. You look at those target numbers for him recently: 11, 12, 6, and ten in the past four games. So um, I, I certainly don't mind Marquise Lee as well. I'm just going volume this week at wide receiver. Yeah, certainly. I, I love all the guys that you mentioned, especially the the Sterling Shepard. I think is going to be one that just isn't an absolute smash spot. Those Kansas City corners have just been murdered over the last few games um and, and Sterling Shepard's in kind of that spot where where it's really only him and Evan Ingram in town and I expect the, the Kansas City Chiefs to put up a lot of points on them and in response they're gonna have to you know throw the ball a ton to try to keep up so so yeah I I, I love that play especially um one I want to toss in there in that mid-range that you didn't mention um and it's really just more of a value play than it is just kind of a, a smash matchup even though the matchup is pretty good uh, Keenan Allen on, on DraftKings at 5,900, taking on Buffalo. I think that's just kind of too cheap for a guy who really has huge potential from what we've seen. I know everyone's going to be expecting Melvin Gordon in the running game to really take over that game. I'm I, I'm not going to put it past you know just Philip Rivers just having a decent game in and of himself as this Buffalo Bills secondary over the last few weeks has really just shown that they – I don't know if they've given up, um, if it's just breaking down at this point, but they have given up, uh, uh, I think, three three of the last five games over 300 yards. Some quarterbacks by the name of, uh, I believe, Andy Dalton was one of them, and really just haven't been playing up to their potential at least. So if Phillip Rivers does play, he I believe he's in the concussion protocol, but he did practice full uh, today, Thursday. Um, I, I think Keenan Allen's a fine play there. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, on mostly just a guy that – I'm not too keen on, but I think a lot of people are going to have in their lineups this weekend was Mike Evans at 7,900. Um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, um, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me, but uh, this is the Miami Dolphins we're talking about here and a team that, you know, much like the New York Giants, 
they've kind of given up at least on one side of the ball. Um, they really just kind of seem to be a mess on defense right now. Um, with him and Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick has been a guy who's shown to really just kind of hone in on a single guy, do you believe he's um, a guy that you can consider for for cash, or is he just too expensive? Yeah, I think uh, I'd like him as a GPP play. Uh, another thing, um, you know, with with Evans here is that uh, this past weekend, of course, he was suspended, and and we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick really struggle against the Jets. But there was a lot of wind in that game. Uh, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick still is a better quarterback than what he showed last week. Um, I think part of that could be attributed to the wind. So I like Mike Evans as a GPP play more than a cash game play, but uh, I certainly, of the expensive tier, if I am going to play a guy 7,000 or more, I think for me it is going to be Mike Evans if I were to play one of those guys in cash. All right, great. So, and one more name just before we move on. Jameson Crowder, 4,300. Are, are we kind of in agreement there that that's probably a nice value play as well? Yeah, it's a nice value. Uh, I just think... Um, Based off how my roster construction is looking this week, I might or might not play him. I'm not totally sure, Uh, but I'm probably leaning towards not playing him. I just uh, I worry about his floor. His floor has been pretty low this year. Uh, Multiple games of you know five points, three points, eight points, uh, and so um, just not not super enthused by Crowder. He you know he. He looks like a value at 4300 but many times this year he you know he was uh 4200 against the Eagles, 4000 against the 49ers. He put up 5.1 and 5.6 points respectively. So, uh the price for him is it's a good price I guess, but uh, I just don't feel confident that his floor is as high as we think. Great points, great points. All right, let's move on to the next position, Nick, the quarterback position. One that, you know, I, I have a lot of names written down. Uh, I like a lot of matchups, but, I mean, I'm not really that confident in many guys um, that I want to play in cash games. I have some names written down. Um, I, I have a lot of different directions I can go. One with a guy that's really scorned me before in this certain spot, um, a, a certain Kansas City Chief. But, uh, yeah, what quarterbacks are you looking to this week in your cash game lineups? Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a mess at the quarterback position as well, kind of like the wide receiver position. Um, you've got those expensive studs, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Alex Smith. Uh, at least in terms of, of Brady and, and Alex Smith, they're both in pretty good matchup situations. Drew Brees as well, um, but the Redskins have shown some improvement on the defensive side of the ball this year. And Drew Brees really hasn't been needed as much with the defense playing as well as it has and the uh, running game being as strong as it's been relative to the past. So, um, you know, I'm probably looking at playing Alex Smith, maybe Tom Brady for my cash game lineups because I think uh, there's no like 7K plus 8K wide receivers, 9K wide receivers that we got this week. Uh, the running back position, as we'll get to, I don't think you necessarily needed to go like a, a team jam them in type strategy this week. Uh, obviously, I think there's a good expensive tight end play we'll talk about, but um, I think you can afford to pay up for quarterback this week. And if so, I don't mind Alex Brady or Alex Smith or Tom Brady. Uh, I think just in terms of, of, you know, expectation versus salary, I might prefer Alex Smith a little bit more to Tom Brady. Um, but th- both of those are, are perfectly fine plays. I think a lot of people will, in cash games, look at Blake Bortles. Um, obviously Cleveland has, has struggled in all facets of the game and, uh, the, the issue here for me is the weather that we're going to expect. It Right now, looks like we could be in for constant 20-mile-an-hour winds in Cleveland. So uh, that would make me move off of Blake Bortles for sure. We've seen the two wind games this year. Uh, both of them had quarterbacks really struggle. Uh, each of the, there, was, there was a wind game each of the past two weeks, and in both of them, both sides of uh, both teams' quarterbacks struggled. So uh, I might get off of Blake Bortles if the wind like that is expected to be, you know, to be like that. And I think some people will be on him, and I think that will be a mistake if it's twenty mile an hour constant winds. Yeah, yeah, I agree that. I mean, there are some plays like you like you mentioned Blake Bortles. That I, I did not know about the weather. That is a significant factor to really consider, and one you definitely want to monitor going into Sunday, but it, it really came down to um, Alex Smith and Tom Brady for me because I, as much as I think Drew Brees is a value at that cost, and I do expect that game to at least put a lot of points on the board, uh, New Orleans has really just shown you know a proclivity to just hand the ball off to their two uh, fantastic running backs. They've just been really just crushing teams as of late. Drew Brees just has not had to put the ball up a lot, so that's a little concerning for a cash game, so if I was to 
Um, if, I, if I'm leaning towards one, I'm honestly gonna I'm gonna lean more towards Tom Brady as I feel that his floor relative when there's a, a week of savings that you, you can really just get it at a, pretty much any position. Um, what well, I should say, wide receiver and running back at more, more so I'm leaning that way. There's a lot of value at those positions. So if I can't spend up at quarterback and really just get that solidified floor of Tom Brady, as opposed to Alex Smith, who he's in a fantastic matchup, but Alex Smith has been in these, these matchups before and really just kind of disappointed. Um, I wouldn't you know put it past the, the chiefs to really just hand the ball off to cream hunt a ton. Um, so yeah, I'm leaning that way, but like you said, Alex Smith is a perfectly fine, QB play in cash and probably just lean and stick with those two guys. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it might just come down to your roster construction on how you choose between those two. Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right, let's move on to the next position, the tight end position. We have um, another chief, another fellow chief on this one that I think a lot of people are going to be paying up for. But there's also quite a few value plays at tight end. Um, it really just kind of depends on how you want to you know, throw your roster together, in my opinion. So, yeah, who, what tight ends are you looking at this week in terms of cash? Yeah, um, well, obviously, Travis Kelsey is the big name. And and I should also mention, I, I did mention the weather there for, for Cleveland and Jacksonville. Right now, uh, New York and Kansas City is also projected about 15, 16-mile-an-hour winds. So that would certainly move me off of some of these guys in the pass game as well. Alex Smith, maybe that makes you go more towards Tom Brady, for example. Uh, but Travis Kelsey would be that guy if, um, you know, if, if wind wasn't a concern. The Giants have allowed a touchdown in every single game this year to the tight end position. We know Travis Kelsey's upside. He has a ton of 100-yard games, um, you know, just a ton of, of upside, a ton of floor. Um, I think Travis Kelsey is, even at 7,300 as a play, I like more than the wide receivers in the 7K range. I think Travis Kelsey is essentially a wide receiver uh, this week, but obviously with the tight end tag on, on all the sites because he is a tight end. But um, I would definitely play him. If you if you want to pay down, I think you can consider uh, a couple tight ends down here in the cheaper, like really cheap range. Uh, the first being Mercedes Lewis. I don't love him in cash. I like him a lot more in GPP. But again, we're talking another wind game here. But the matchup versus Cleveland is fantastic. So I kind of like him more as GPP. Um, same with Ben Watson. I think those are, are kind of GPP plays. And then uh, finally, if you want to go back up towards that mid-tier range, I think Jared Cook has just been uh, on fire lately and gets a decent matchup with New England. It's not the best matchup. It's not the worst. It's kind of a middle-of-the-road matchup with New England. But, uh, you know, as far as tight ends go this week, I think um, there aren't a ton of just uh, amazing plays. So I think Jared Cook is perfectly, you know, in line for some cash game work as well. Obviously, you can never really discount Evan Ingram. Um, Kansas City is, is an okay matchup. Not a great one there, but not a bad one for, for Evan Ingram. But you also, again, have the wind considerations there in that New York-Kansas City game. It'll be interesting to see what happens come Sunday with that because uh, if the wind keeps up, I can still people I can still see people wanting to play a lot of these guys in GPPs. And uh, this Kansas City-New York Giants game could be an interesting one to fit if that were the case but uh just talking cash game tight ends i think for me it's kelsey uh in pretty much all of my roster constructions at this point if we're talking you know cash and floor and and things like that yeah yeah i I completely agree he's probably just the way to go um just he is priced up you know as the you know sites have been adjusting depending on matchup uh, for these things so he's a little priced up but i think he's definitely worth it given the matchup um two quick names i wanted to throw at you just to get your thoughts on them um vernon davis taking on the new orleans saints this week we've seen what he can do when jordan reed does not play jordan Reed, i believe at this time is looking to be a game time decision but i will monitor that and then Rob Gronkowski this week, again, he's in that very similar range to Travis Kelsey, at least on DraftKings in terms of price. But um, another nice matchup, I think, against the Oakland Raiders here in a game to where Chris Hogan's not going to be on the field. What do you think of those two guys in particular? And do you think they're more GPP plays or should there be any cash consideration there? I think there should be cash consideration for Gronk if the wind is strong enough in Kansas City, New York uh, game there. Because um, I I know Travis Kelsey is not a a super deep threat, but he can definitely stretch the field at times. So it will hurt his uh, expectation a little bit. Uh, So I, I certainly don't mind pivoting to Rob Gronkowski in cash. Uh, if that were going to be, you know, I guess the case there. What was the other one you were mentioning? Oh, Vernon Davis. Vernon um, Davis, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that one's okay for me. Uh, I think, you know, his price keeps creeping up, and I really don't like Vernon Davis when he's priced up. Uh, I like him when he's priced down and he, you know, subs in for Jordan Reed. So um, I just think, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say here is is, is I don't feel great about him at his price tag. I don't think it's uh, a terrible play, but... Um, you know, I, the Redskins will probably need to throw, for example, uh, but New Orleans defense has been so good and uh, they're they're a pretty tough matchup for the tight end. If you, for example, if you just look at DVOA, they're number two uh, overall in the NFL right now versus the tight end position. So between the price up, between the matchup, uh, I just, I don't love it. Um, I can see certainly using him in GPP, but in cash, I wouldn't probably do it. Those are some great points, Dick. Great points. Thank you for that. Let's move on. To the last position, the running back position. Another one like you know, like wide receiver this week. There's a lot of plays down in the value range that I feel are you know kind of great bets to really you know, save some money and let you pay up at some of the other positions. But I think there's also a couple guys up at the you know the the, the upper echelon of pricing this week that, at least on the surface, appear to be guys we can roll with pretty pretty safely in our cash game. So who are the guys that you're considering? Um, at the running back position this week in cash. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you're kind of team jamming in, Kareem Hunt is going to be a fine play in all formats. Uh, and especially if there's going to be some wind issues, I think, you know, that might sh- turn things a little more towards a, a running style game. So Kareem Hunt, uh, a perfectly fine play in all formats, cash, GPP, whatever you want there. Uh, I know a lot of people will be on Rex Burkhead. I think uh, $3,600, the work he's getting, you know, certainly, certainly a strong play in cash games. Um, I'm a little concerned about his upside just because there's so many mouths to feed there in New England and uh, you never know which way they're going to go. You know, Belichick could, could uh, keep getting Burkhead more and more snaps, more and more targets, usage, whatever. And then the very next game, Burkhead could be the third or fourth running back option. Uh, that's just running back, not, not even counting tight ends and wide receivers they have on that team and everything like that. So um, I kind of like him more as GPP, but I don't mind him in cash because I think there's enough floor there that uh, you'll be okay with Burkhead in cash. And he opens up a lot of value. Um, you know, that'll allow you to fit in somebody like Travis Kelsey if you want to go that route or Kareem Hunt um, or, or Gronk or, or whatever. And, and, you know, we keep coming back to these games, this New England-Oakland game, this Kansas City-New York Giants game, um, just because these games are, are are some of the better ones on the slate here. So, uh, you know, I, I think people will be on Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, um, just because New Orleans has been so good this year in the run game. But uh, Washington has actually been pretty good at stopping the run. So I'm probably not going to use either of them in cash just because, uh, you know, they do have a bit of negative correlation to each other, as they should. Um, you know, I think uh, one does well, the other might not. Of course, this past weekend kind of just dispelled that myth because they both just went off. But, uh, you know, there are there are a lot of games where they are negatively correlated. So it's tough for me to pick one or the other in cash, given their price points on DraftKings, 7,500, 8,100. I mean, now we're talking almost elite tier. Alvin Kamara is basically priced the same as Melvin Gordon, who is a workhorse back uh, on his team there. Of course, Eckler's been getting some some work there, but uh, by and large, Melvin Gordon's a workhorse back. And Mark Ingram's priced higher than Kareem Hunt. So um, it's it's tough for me to use those Saints there. So I like Kareem Hunt. I like Rex Burkhead. Uh, I think those are kind of the, the two names I'm leaning at right leaning towards right now. And I don't mind Chris Thompson against New Orleans. Uh, you can throw the ball to the running back against New Orleans. That is one spot where they do struggle a little bit. They allow uh, some of the most yardage in the NFL uh, to the running back position. I think it's the most yardage in the NFL to the running back position, second most. Um, and so Chris Thompson, we know how he has a lot of explosive plays. The Redskins will probably be playing from behind. Uh, so I think there's a lot of reason to use Chris Thompson in cash this week. Again, it's in the dome. So plenty of good reason to use Chris Thompson. So if you're going a three running back or even a two running back and you don't want to use Burkhead, uh, you could go Chris Thompson as well. Yeah, I like that, especially with Rob Kelly being out. Um, it's really just down to Chris Thompson and Samaji Perrine now. And, you know, Jay Gruden might just favor just keeping Chris Thompson in there for the majority of the snaps, given Samaji Perrine, while he has improved as the season's gone along, um, they, maybe they feel they just got to, you know, outscore the New Orleans Saints in this one who have been putting a ton of points against opposing defenses. So, so yeah, I, I love that play. Um, a couple names I want to throw in there. Um, 
one Doug Martin, 4,500, um, take it on the Miami Dolphins. Doug Martin has been do, hasn't been doing all that well, but for the price and given the volume he's been seeing, I believe 20 touches last week in a game to where I think Tampa Bay really could kind of take this one over just with how low Miami has been. I don't mind that. It's probably more of a GPP play, um, just relative given you can get Deion Lewis for 4,200, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't think he's that terrible of a play, Nick. Um, I think the guys I'm really going to be leaning towards, though, is probably more Melvin Gordon, even though I uh, the, the matchup may not be as superior and Austin Eckler has really been kind of you know pinching in on his touches, um, even though Eckler did fumble at the end of the game last week. Um, I, I think against that that Buffalo front and that Buffalo team, they were they're now it's even though they're they're in a wild card spot, fine for a wild card spot. It seems like they're just kind of giving up at this point. So yeah, I think Gordon is really just the play, and then Kareem Hunt is the, the next guy I'm really just kind of leaning towards. Um, just given what you know, he can really do a lot of everything. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that they have been getting Sharkandrick West more involved. I'm not exactly sure why, as I don't believe Kareem Hunt has really been playing all that poorly but just given the matchup and really just kind of a lack of great spots to pay up to I think Kareem Hunt um it is a fine cash game play as well all right let's move on to our next segment the contrarian corner there are going to be a lot of spots to be contrarian this week as you had mentioned that we just kind of kept coming back to the same teams the same games uh, a lot this week as there's a lot of just kind of low total games and really just some matchups that we anticipated as kind of be, you know, rock fights, not seeing a lot of, not a lot of points. So this is a perfect time to where I think if you're able to hit on that contrarian, the, a couple contrarian plays in your lineup, it could really just, uh, just propel you into a, just a fantastic week if you're able to hit on them and the chalk does miss. So, uh, so what are some contrarian spots this week, Nick, that, that you're really looking at to to leverage off and maybe uh, put yourself up at the top of the leaderboards and tournaments this week? Yeah, and I mean, we talk about contrarian or chalk missing. That's basically what happened this past weekend, especially in the early games. All the chalk just was terrible. Uh, and I loved it because I was I intentionally went to guys like Deshaun Kaiser in GPPs. And, uh, you know, that worked out. Uh, the, the little bit of chalk I did have hit, um, obviously, with Golden Tate, I thought was pretty chalky. He hit. Uh, and then in the afternoon game, Sterling Shepard. But yeah, it does pay to be contrarian sometimes. Um, it was looking good for me, as I mentioned, until that Devontae Freeman injury. But uh, contrarian plays this week, I think a lot of my favorite contrarian plays are actually at the running back position, which kind of scares me because usually the running back position is the position you might you know, have to be the least contrarian in. But I think there's a couple interesting uh, ways we can go here. First, I want to talk about LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I, I know Buffalo starting Nathan Peterman. They don't have Tyrod Taylor in, and that really, I think, lowers their points expectation. And I think people will realize that and uh, get off of LaShawn McCoy a little bit. But the Chargers stink versus the run. They just stink versus the run. And I think LaShawn McCoy could break some plays. He's still involved in the pass game, and the Chargers definitely up yards in the pass game to the running back position. So I have... I have no problem, uh, you know, I mentioned New Orleans, the Chargers are right behind New Orleans in terms of yards to the running back in the past game. So both facets of the game, you can use uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, you know, or he should get a good matchup and some usage. So I think LaShawn McCoy is a really interesting contrarian play. While we're still on the running back position, um, one name we didn't mention was Leonard Fournette against the Cleveland Browns. And Cleveland struggles, as we mentioned, in all facets of the game. You can you can move the ball on them, and with the wind, maybe it it, it becomes more of a running type game as well. Uh, if Leonard Fournette rebounds to the volume that he was getting before his injury and suspension, uh, you know those 21, 28, 24 carries per game, I think he has some pretty big upside. 100 yards, a touchdown, um, a couple catches. So I think uh, at, at eighty two hundred dollars, you know, if people are looking at Gurley, they're looking at Hunt. Uh, maybe Mark Ingram. I think Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy are two really awesome running backs you can kind of pay up for and be contrarian that way. Uh, and then that way, you know, if you want to pay down at the wide receiver position or something like that, you can be a little bit contrarian as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, I both of the, the Denver guys there, um, Manny Sanders and uh, Demarius Thomas, I think are interesting contrarian plays just because they're so priced down. Emmanuel Sanders at $5,200, uh, Demarius Thomas at $5,800. And I know 
Obviously, they've struggled. The team's on a massive losing streak, and Brock Osweiler is not good. But uh, one of those two could have a big game. We saw it was Manny Sanders this past week with uh, six catches, 137 yards. Maybe it's him again. Maybe it's Demarius Thomas. We know uh, Brock Osweiler, Osweiler does like targeting Demarius Thomas. So I think one of those two at their price tag could uh, put a big game up, you know, just relative to their price. And uh, so I wouldn't like stack Denver by any means, but I think playing one of these two as a contrarian wide receiver play uh, could pay off. Now, if you want to talk um, like maybe a contrarian quarterback or anything like that, uh, I know some people will be on, um, as I mentioned, Blake Bortles, but, um, you know, I kind of don't mind Blaine Gabbert at $4,900 against Houston. Houston's just been terrible. And, uh, you know, Blaine Gabbert, at least last year as a, um, as a, uh, San Francisco 49er, the last time he, he, he started, he wasn't horrible. Uh, and I think at a, you know, the price tag now that they have, um, where, whereas last year min salary for a quarterback was 5,000. He is 4,900 now. Um, you know, I, he put up a 21 and a half point game against the Arizona Cardinals last year, a 22.7 point game against the Panthers. No different situation here, but at $4,900, I don't mind taking a shot with Gabbert in a week where uh, I think the quarterback position is going to be pretty chalky other than that. I mean, you got Brady Breeze, Alex Smith, who should absorb a lot of ownership. I think Derek Carr will have to throw a lot against New England. It will be chalky. Kirk Cousins will have to throw a lot. He'll be pretty chalky. So, um, you know, I, and I, like I said, I think Blake Bortles will end up getting some ownership when he probably shouldn't, uh, based off of the weather. So Blaine Gabbert, uh, is, is a guy that I kind of want to just like vomit and play. <laughs> That's a perfect representation of inserting Blaine Gabbert into your lineups, just doing it, holding your nose, clicking the button and just walking away from your computer immediately. Yeah. There's a lot of great recommendations there. Um, I think a couple I'm going to be following as well um particularly the the Blake Bortles one um there was one game one game in particular this week that I, I think a lot of people are avoiding and, and with the you know good reason I I think you know both defenses with these teams are are quite strong um relative to um you know, a lot of other teams in the NFL but this Rams Minnesota Vikings game to me I keep coming back to as I understand that Minnesota and the Rams as well, the, the Rams defense, particularly following that, that 49ers game to where they, it was just a blowout Thursday. They've really picked it up and have done a great job um, limiting teams to a lot of points. But now we have two quality offenses that have really just been performing quite consistently and consistently well. Um, they both have weapons that I think we, we love on a weekly basis. You know, the, the, the Vikings with Thielen and Diggs, uh, the Rams with Gurley and the kind of whatever receiver they happen to go to. Um, oftentimes it's been Woods over the last few weeks. Um, I've been looking at this game in particular as one to just really stack and just kind of hope that if one of those games, like you had mentioned with Kansas City and New York, um, or maybe even New England, Oakland, if it just happens to go under and, you know, this game just really kind of takes off, it can really just put you in that a fantastic spot to where, um, no one's going to have a ton of them as I'm, I think in the matchups aren't really great on either side for the, for the offenses, but really just being two quality offenses in themselves, they just kind of overperform and are able to really just overcome the, you know, great opposing defenses. Yeah, I actually, I like stacking that game as well, or at least getting pieces of that game in for sure. Um, and, uh, I think this is also a game that has a really wide range of outcomes. You mentioned two tough defenses and two great offense, or I wouldn't say great, but very good offenses. So it's a question of which ones will prevail. Will it be the offenses? Will it be the defenses? Will it be one team's offense and another team's defense or, or, or so forth? So I think this game has an incredibly wide range of outcomes and, uh, you could definitely exploit ownership percentages from this game just because of the defensive reputations. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick. But before we do, we have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now to try out the new app, Draft. It's one-week fantasy football with no management. Just set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of those pesky last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can hop into one right now. Play for cold hard cash at any price level, as low as $1. No salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you do with your friends in a season-long league. Come join us at Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store. 
and join a game in minutes or check them out at playdraft.com, whichever you prefer. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. You just got to enter our promo code, RV Radio. That's right. Play a real money game today just by using our promo code, RV Radio. Just search drafts in the App Store or go to playdraft.com and come play with us for free with promo code RV Radio. All right, Nick, we're all tied up on the season. I understand that. You know, maybe some things happened in the last couple of weeks. Maybe yeah, I'm calling BS. <laughs> I'm calling BS because uh, these past two weeks, I I lost not to you, but to Anthony, and then Anthony lost to you. I didn't lose to you, so so I don't think we're actually tied up here. But uh, me and you were not tied up. But uh, as far as uh, side A versus side B, yeah, we're tied up. I'm just gonna point at the scoreboard right now. I'm just gonna just gonna point right at the scoreboard. Five five on the season, everybody. It's all tied up after Nick. Really got out to a lead. I thought he was just gonna wipe the floor with me, but no, it, it, it's ahead of steam, and I'm, I'm I plan on taking this <coughs> Five momentum right right into another win and take the lead for the season. So let's get into it, Nick. Looks like this week I am going to be selecting first. So I think I'm gonna go with a guy that we had been throwing around a lot, but. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the safe play here. I'm going to go quarterback first. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. There you go. Uh, I think that's quite possibly the safest play on the board, given the win situation there uh, with Alex Smith and and so forth. So, um, I was hoping you wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go with uh, Travis Kelsey. I. I I don't care about the yeah. win there. I think the the matchup is just too too good. So I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey, uh, and then over at the running back position. Nah, let's screw that. I'm going to go with Mike Evans. So I'm going to I'm going to take Mike Evans oh. and uh, Travis Kelsey. All right. Okay. So then you're going to be looking for running backs next. So I think I'm just going to pick my two right here. Um, let's go with the the easy one. I think I'm going to take Melvin Gordon first up. And let's hope that wind is really kicking this week. And I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt for my second running back. There you go. I am going to go uh, Todd Gurley. And I'm going to go with... Whew, it's, it's For me, it's a choice between Fournette and being contrarian and taking McCoy. Uh, but I'm going to go play the wind here. Cleveland's terrible. I'm going to go Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette as my next two picks. All right, all right. Sounds good. All right. I for my wide receiver tight end, I gotta fill two spots here. So I'm gonna go with Rob Gronkowski. Stack him with with Tom Brady there. And ooh, this is going to be a tough one here. Who do I want to go with? Um hmm. I am going to go with and really just kind of hope this passing game picks back up. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Mike Thomas. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't mind him. Um, just a question of if, how much Josh Norman will he see and how effective will Josh Norman be? Um, all right. So I think I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. I know stacking Alex Smith and Travis Kelsey is tempting. I was tempted to just go, you know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and uh, Alex Smith and just nab all of those guys. But uh Probably not a wise move with the win there. But I am going to take a quarterback who has thrown for over 300 yards in three straight games. Has a very good matchup uh, with a, a tough team and will probably be a correlation play to your Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. And that's Derek Carr. He has over 300 yards, 300 yards or more passing each of the last three games. The touchdowns have been a little hard to come by uh, on occasion, but I think against New England who has not been the strongest pass defense this year. He'll move the ball. He'll need to throw because he'll probably be playing from behind. And a great matchup. So uh, give me Derek Carr as my quarterback instead of Alex Smith because I am a little bit worried about the win there. All right. Perfect. This is going to be a matchup to really just kind of – I'm, I'm really hoping for the W here. I'm hoping for the w So you can here. get to but... five and four? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's not how this works, Nick. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick, the defensive segment. So we're just really looking at kind of defenses, whether it be in cash, whether it be in GPPs, where 
I mean, it's really they're kind of one and the same, I, I guess. It's I, well, I, I shouldn't say that. There's a very clear, at least I think there's a very clear chalk defense this week. So um, maybe you don't necessarily go after them a ton in tournaments, but uh, but yeah, who are some defenses you're really just looking at that uh, have particularly nice matchups? you feel in uh in tournaments and cash really just in, in DFS in general this week. Yeah, I think there's two super chuck defenses. Um so I'm not sure which one you specifically were talking about, but I'll probably end up naming them. That's Jacksonville and then the LA Chargers against Nathan Nathan Peterman there. Um I think both of those are are fine plays. But if I'm gonna use some LaShawn McCoy, I will not be completely on LA Chargers. Uh I still think you can run on them. I still think you can move the ball and uh Maybe that's just what happens here. So I will definitely have some, some LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I might even, hell, I might even run it back with the Buffalo Bills defense. Um, I, they're going to be pretty low owned. And we know Philip Rivers is interception prone. He, he did just come out of the cu- concussion protocol. Uh, so I, I, I don't mind the, de- the Bills defense, honestly. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk play or anything like that. I, I did the uh, Bills LaShawn McCoy correlation play in a couple lineups this past week as well. Didn't quite work out, but uh, especially considering Buffalo gave up what was it, infinity points to the Saints. But uh, but uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Philip Rivers can throw interceptions, but um, you know. So I think those chalky defenses I named, but I like pivoting off of the Chargers and, and going with some LaShawn McCoy. Another defense that I think uh, is going to be. Pretty interesting is, um, you know, Houston, Arizona, they, they face each other, but, uh, I did mention that I don't mind you know, vomiting and playing Blaine Gabbert. Um, but I also, if you, if you think Blaine Gabbert's going to be terrible, then, uh, you know, hedging that with some Houston defense. So I'm probably going to go that strategy. I'm probably going to play a couple Blaine Gabbert lineups. I'm not going crazy, five, 10% tops. Uh, and then I'll probably in some lineups get some Houston defense exposure to kind of, you know, if my Blaine Gabbert lineups bust, at least then I probably will have a good chance with the Houston defense in in my other lineups there. Yeah, I like those. Uh, the, the Buffalo Bills one. That's a that's a real bold call. I, I'm just really hoping just for the just for the play that it works because that would just be a tremendous call, Nick. Um, a couple more. I just want to kind of throw out there. Um, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Green Bay Packers, and they are on the road. But uh, this is a you know this Baltimore defense while they have. We've kind of gone over the top on them, and they've let us down in a few spots this year. There's still a quite a formidable defense going up against Brent Hundley in this one, so I think there's a lot of turnover potential in that one. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Denver Broncos again. The Bengals are on the road, but you know you don't get too many chances to play against Brock Osweiler as a defense, and you know he he loves to really just kind of put you in some some nice circumstances to really. Um, really pad those stats in terms of interceptions, maybe some pick sixes. So those are two that I think I'm going to toss in there as well as defenses I could play probably more in GPP as I think I'm just infatuated with the Chargers defense. I don't want to, I don't want to try to overthink this one too much in Jacksonville as well, even though there's some savings with the Chargers. But, uh, but yeah, those are probably some some GPP options as well. Um, if you're looking to kind of play down and, and get a little bit of a lower ownership percentage on at the defensive position. Definitely. I don't mind Baltimore. I, I also don't mind Cincinnati. One other name, we didn't mention Detroit. I think uh, $3,600. They've just been a good defense this year in general. I don't expect them to be extremely high owned, but uh, they get a good matchup against the Chicago Bears. There's just a lot of GPP defensive plays this weekend, but uh, I did want to mention one other thing about Buffalo. I think there's going to be a lot of recency bias against them because they gave up 34 to the Jets and 47 to the Saints. But before that, their defensive points this year were 15, 7, 8, 14, 8, 10, 9. So they do have a, you know, Outside of the two most recent games, they have a floor of seven points uh, for your defense, and they're only $2,500, so uh, you're getting them cheaper than you're getting any of the other, these other teams we've mentioned, uh, you know, whether it's Cincinnati or, or, or Baltimore or anybody like that. Uh, so you're getting a, quite a, a four, five, six dollars $600 discount at minimum uh, if you're playing Buffalo, and uh, I think we need to look past just these most recent two games for, for Buffalo. And again, I've mentioned Philip Rivers. He can throw an INT here and there. So, uh, um, you know, I, I don't mind this play. I'm not going to go crazy on it. Something I'll do in five, 10% of my lineups, but, uh, I just feel really, really intrigued by this, uh, Buffalo play. Um, you know, Philip Rivers, as I mentioned, he's got four, five, six, seven interceptions this year. Uh, and I think, uh, I think this is a game where, 
you know, people won't be on Buffalo really at all. And uh, just getting exposure to Buffalo in some ways could be interesting if if something happens. I don't think Nathan Peterman is going to be the thing that happens, but I think it could be LaShawn McCoy. I think the defense could give him some field position wins. I like that. I like that a lot. Definitely a big contrarian play on the week. All right, let's move on to our last segment of the show, Nick, the stacks and correlations play. So we had mentioned some in the contrarian corner, but uh, is there really anyone in, in, in particular that you just kind of want to re-highlight or go over, maybe even some we missed? Um, I, I could think of one that we missed off the top of my head. Go for it. Who um, is and it? That's, <laughs> and I was really thinking of that, Joe. It, it's going to be a little out of balance. As I don't it, – it would. it's definitely going to be a – you know, kind of a coming out party if it does happen, but um, a correlation play with Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals in Denver. And I understand it's in Denver. Um, it, it's not, it's definitely a different environment and the Bengals are definitely a team to, to let you down, but with Jeremy Hill now out for the season. And I think that the hype on Joe Mixon has really died down. This could be a perfect spot to, uh, and know, against a Denver defense, that's really reeling. I, I think they've kind of realized that, you know, they're no longer in the championship hunt. They're going to need a decent number more pieces to really make another run at a championship, and they just seem quite dejected. And Joe Mixon is a rookie that's really looking to kind of, you know, take it, make his mark on the league. Um, I know he doesn't have a lot of fans, but, you know, really just as a, as a GPP play, I, I think I like him um, and, and really just kind of hope that it puts Brock in some some – uncomfortable spots and really just kind of forces more turnover. So that was one that came off the top of my head. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't, I hadn't considered that one. Um, obviously, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all said, well, the way you beat Denver is to run on them. And then it's been totally the opposite this year. <laughs> it's been really hard to run on them, but uh, I guess if they could get some field position from the defense, not a bad play. If he can get some touchdowns that I think the real key will be, if he gets a touchdown, he could be worth it. And, uh, he's got TDs in each of his last two games. So I don't mind it. I don't think he's, uh, necessarily a great player um you know he's averaging 3.0 yards per carry this year which is abysmal but uh the whole Cincinnati run game has struggled this year so it might not just be him um so yeah I, I don't mind that call if you want to if you want to talk stacks correlation plays I mean I definitely I mentioned that the LaShawn McCoy Buffalo Bills is like a really contrarian one uh if you want to go a bit more chalky I think obviously the Jaguars Leonard Fournette um I don't think Leonard Fournette is gonna be insanely chalky but uh with the Jaguars defense, I like that play as well. Uh, I, I definitely want to stack these these chalkier games, especially the New England-Oakland, the Washington-New Orleans game. Uh, it, it, again, especially if Kansas City-New York is going to have some wind issues there. So uh, who do you stack with Tom Brady? I think you mentioned with Chris Hogan out, Gronk is a great play. I think a lot of people will gravitate towards Burkhead just because of his price. But, uh, you know, I kind of... I kind of like using maybe James White because uh, he'll be pretty low owned relative to Burkhead. And I think his upside is is just as big and quite a bit bigger than Burkhead's upside. Um, you know, I, I know White hasn't gotten a lot of rushes, but he can always do damage in the pass game and uh, maybe sneak in a couple touchdowns. And Oakland is another team that's given up a lot of yards in the pass game to running backs. So it, it's really tough because you're kind of just hoping you pick the right New England running back. I think Deion Lewis is okay to use as well. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I think Brady stacking them with Gronk and and one of these running back pass catching running backs, whether it's Burkhead, White, or, or, or Deion Lewis, is totally fine. Um, Brandon Cooks is a name we haven't really talked about, but uh, I think you could you could use him in this game as well. Uh, Oakland's you know struggled at times in the past game, so um, I think Brandon Cooks is a very fine play to stack here as well. And then I mentioned both Cooper and Crabtree are, are priced down, so I like I like stacking this game. You got a lot of um, you know scoring potential here, and uh, the one side of the the receivers are priced down a bit. And the other side is the best offense possibly in the league. So um, I, I really like stacking this Oakland-New England game. If you want to go Washington and New Orleans, um, Kirk Cousins to Chris Thompson, I think, is a is a great stack. You could throw in Jamison Crowder, as you mentioned, because um, you know I, I like him more in GPPs than I do in cash games, just given what we've seen of his floor. But we, uh, you, know, you do have to admit the price tag, as we talked about earlier, in the cash game section for Crowder is pretty good. Um, and he did have a, you know, 25 point game against the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, I think Crowder is certainly in play. Um, Vernon Davis is in play. Uh, Josh Doxson, I think, is in play with his touchdown upside. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think those two games are the two games I'm really looking to stack. And you can run it back with either of the Saints running backs uh, or maybe maybe Michael Thomas or, or Ginn or somebody like that. But uh, certainly these are the two games that I think are the most stackable. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Is there anyone else you want to throw out or maybe just kind of top the show off with? No, I'm good. Do you got anything else? The only one I, I just kind of want to toss this out and just really get your thoughts on it. It's one that, you know, considering last week, um, I think people had a lot of high expectations given the spot. Um, what do you think about the Chicago Bears defense, Jordan Howard correlation play with Detroit coming to town? Now, I know Detroit did win last week against the Cleveland Browns, but if you had been paying attention, you would have realized that Cleveland really was controlling that game for the most part. If they really could have just gotten out of their own way, it was kind of in Cleveland's grasp to to get their first win of the season. And now with Detroit, you know, coming into Chicago, we know it, it, a matchup that we loved just last week up until Brett Hundley just kind of had a decent game, and now we've forgotten all about him. Um, you know, what do you think of that that play, really, Jordan Howard, and, and just kind of playing off some some potential. Um, Really, just big, uh, uh, you know, defensive potential with the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on that. Um, I think, uh, I think Detroit. Yeah, they struggled against Cleveland a bit, but uh, they still put up a ton of points in the end. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I don't, I don't love the play. Um, and then Jordan Howard has just been so erratic this year. I mean, obviously, he has some upside. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hit or miss with him. And so I think this could, this, this is a play. If it does hit, you're going to be in great shape just because you're going to get Jordan Howard to low ownership. You're going to get the Bears defense to low ownership. Uh, it could also bomb, but I guess that's why they're going to be low owned. So for the ownership levels, uh, I, I, I definitely check in towards Sunday and see where different sites like Fantasy Labs has ownership projections. Uh, um, I know, uh, a site I like to use is RotoQL. They have kind of a, uh, a measure of, of, uh, I don't remember what the name of it is called, but essentially like a, a measure of how many people are, are, talking about the guy or using the guy. So uh, those are the two sites I like to use for my ownership projections these days. And uh, if they're going to be, you know, pretty low owned in projection, I don't mind it. But if they're going to be a little bit higher owned, then I think it's a play I probably would avoid. Certainly, certainly, certainly. All right. I think that's going to do it, Nick, for this edition of On The Daily. Everyone, please remember to rate and review the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to Rotoviz to the Rotoviz Radio channel at rotoviz.com slash podcast. And yeah, that's that's just about it. So for Nick Giffen, you can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. I'm Heath Kruger at HeathK on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.